voice this week. Apparently, somebody burned something somewhere and it sent Austin into a haze dust apocalypse, which my voice, not not a fan of, not a fan. This is a little bit of a delayed rebroadcast of our interview with the team from Shrimp and Crits. Look, I'm going to be honest with you. Not only were these guys a fun interview, but it's really hard for me to get into a new actual play. And I love these guys' show. Still working my way through their first campaign, but have picked up their second campaign as it goes as well. Completely different setting, similar system, but highly recommend that you check them out. Shrimp and Crits is the name of the show. They use Powered by Apocalypse Systems. If you are a fan of our humor or just the general vibe of our show, I guarantee you, you'll enjoy them. And they were a blast to hang out with for a little bit uh, when they came and met with us. And we're cool enough to come back around and participate in the Gimme the Belt tournament at the end of the year last year. All around good folks. Check them out in the show notes below. Check out season one. Check out their season two. Just a reminder, Gimme the Loot, all its associated content, not family friendly. So profanity, gore, crude humor, yada yada. And this is the rebroadcast of our streaming platform. So the audio's got a few more glitz glops, gloops, glarbles, and glums. So uh, so yeah, um, that's about all I got for this week. Hope you enjoy the rebroadcast of the show. Boom, sneak attack, everybody. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Guest Quest, the tabletop community interview, live stream, and eventual podcast brought to you by the Gimme the Loot podcast, the Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition actual play podcast that will be fighting back and forth throughout the entire episode, depending on how well good old Danny Dimes steps up to the line. Uh, we, we are joined tonight by the uh, most of the cast of the Shrimp and Crits podcast. Uh, Ian the Keeper, Cap, who plays Ari Green, and Ryan, who plays Raymond Ray Ray Leroux. Uh Guys, how you doing? What's up? Doing well. Thanks for having us. What up? We are great. Thank you for coming on. And thank you for being so patient as our, our cast took an extra 10 minutes to roll <laughs> initiative in a format <laughs> that not only are they familiar with, but I had time to explain to at least one of the guests while we while we were waiting. Uh, but at least Jazz got that that rockin' hoodie. <laughs> Joining us tonight to interview Shrimp and Crits. Uh, it's your boy Holland, uh, the resident Giants fan on the on the cast. Uh, on the cast, I play Todd the Tiefling. You guys already know. Um, but uh, Giants all day. How long has it been since Giants started a season two and zero? Uh, it's been two since. 2016 since 2016 okay. okay just checking just checking and making sure how it's a little while how long has it been since they started a season three and i think i read that was 2009 wow wow that was the last time we won a championship how about the last time the cowboys won next up it's <laughs> 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 your boy jazz i play fade on the give me the loop podcast and i'm one of the two cast members on this podcast that have taste what 
<laughs> we know that's not true. <laughs> you have bad taste because you like the Giants. That's what he's saying. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> we know. We can see the booze in the window behind you. <laughs> we know exactly where that taste lies. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey. Well, I'm going to earn my Uncle Nearest sponsorship at some point, all right? <laughs> yes. Yes. That's good stuff. <laughs> hey, oh, we got somebody who knows. Oh, I know Uncle Nearest, yeah. Respect already. <laughs> a long way to go to recontextualize window liquor, and you're very, very close to it. <laughs> Rounding out the cast tonight. I am Anthony, and I play Baba Tunde on the Gimme the Loop podcast. Uh, unfortunately, Andrew couldn't be on tonight, and Jamie is on vacation tweeting Instagram photos of him uh, wearing a Mickey Mouse Stranger Things Hellfire Club t-shirt that I was confused by on a lot of different levels. So <laughs> he is, he can't, he left Chicago to go to hurricane induced Florida. <laughs> How appropriate for our guest tonight. Hurricane Ian, huh? Yeah. <laughs> so guys, thank you for joining us. Um, so shrimp and crits is a monster of the week podcast. And I'm sure the guys will have uh, uh, something to say about that. Uh, so in your first season, you play monster of the week uh, by Michael Sands. You tell a story that takes place in a small coastal town called uh, Gullicucha, uh, following the stories of local businessman Raymond Ray Ray LaRoe, Greenhorn Deputy Sarah Payne, and the mysterious Agent Ari Green, uh, slumming it from his days on Entourage. Uh, or wait, was that a different Ari Green? Uh, shrimp and Crits uh, will take you deeper and deeper into a twisted Southern nightmare that only the Keeper can predict. Um, so, the uh, you know, as we explained uh, to you guys backstage, but if it's, if you're new to our uh, to our stream, um, the cast rolls initiative backstream. Uh, the initiative order is Jazz is going first, then Harlan's up, then Anthony, and then I'll close it out at the end of the uh, bottom of the order, and then we'll rotate back around again. Each cast member asks a question. Uh, if they uh, have a follow-up question, they can use a bonus action to ask the follow-up question. If a uh, if another person uh, has a follow-up, they can use a reaction to interject and ask the follow-up. If they are stumped and not creative and can't even bother to get a question from the chat then they can take a dodge action and we will mock them for it. So on that note, <laughs> Jazz, start us off. Woo, I'm up first. All right, cool. Um, so hey, uh, real, real quick, what's language like here? Oh, it's whatever. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. Dope. That's, uh, Just got to make sure. There's an upcoming <laughs> encounter with the Grundle on deck for the guys. Um, so, yeah. What's worse than Sailor? <laughs> All right. All right. Good. Ask, ask away, my dudes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think our first encounter in the podcast was fighting the gooch. Uh, yeah, yeah. 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 So yeah, the first, the, the first villain that guys fought was the gooch. Mm. In, in a, a fantasy Chuck E. Cheese. So, and it just kind of goes downhill from there. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Cap was the only one I saw, uh, like, visibly react to how bad Turner fucked up the name of the uh, the location that your guys' podcast takes place in. <laughs> yeah. That's on brand. That is fucking on brand. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Actually, Jazz was the only one that I saw uh react <laughs> <laughs> so uh, my reaction was to cap react i was like okay perfect <laughs> <laughs> i'm saying good day which which cracked me up that is called setting up the first question you're welcome <laughs> <laughs> you are welcome little showbiz so, term 
so uh so cap uh, how do you actually pronounce uh gulacochia ah i was almost there yes we we canonically spell it with an exclamation point at the end as well <laughs> oh okay use those symbols <laughs> <laughs> i'll add that it's loosely based on a real panhandle town uh where my i used to visit my grandparents called apalachicola familiar with it i added uh before before learning like a hell of a lot about uh like gullah geechee culture i i also added the gullah from one of my favorite childhood shows gullah gullah island for <laughs> play <you>. together <laughs> in the bright sunny weather let's all go to <laughs> let's all go to gullah gullah yeah hell yeah uh that's my question now that i know that ha- harland all right um going through you know me i go through as much information as I can find on the internet in about two hours uh, about you guys. And I was looking at Ryan says that Ryan likes to cook. Um, and I see a shrimp and grits recipe on your website. Is it your recipe or did you just take Alton Brown's recipe? Like I would have done. Oh, <laughs> oh no dog. I don't, uh, I don't take recipes. Oh, that's it. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I've, I've, uh, I've worked in kitchens since I was 16. Yeah, well, and I'm from I'm from the Gulf Coast. Oh, what kind what kind of kitchens? What 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 you cook? Seafood. Like I I learned how to cook in like seafood restaurants, like higher end seafood restaurants. And now I've worked at this point. I've worked. You know, I'm in my 30s, so I've worked in just about everything. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I uh, I throw down at a kitchen. That's uh. That's what I like to that's hear. A, that's a that's a thing I do. It's good too. I can vouch. <laughs> All of you guys are from like that the Gulf Coast, coast, right? That area. Yeah, Katie and Ryan are. Katie and Ryan are from the Gulf Coast. I I'm from Atlanta. Same. From Atlanta. Okay. Okay. I live in Nashville now, though. Yeah. All right. So, quick reaction, if I can. Mm-hmm. Um. So, two. I have actually kind of a two-parter reaction. Would you Would you like me to explain the rules a fourth time in uh, in more gentle terms? Or? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. So I've got kind of a two-parter reaction. So Ian, are you sure you're from Atlanta? Because I know there was a lot of deliberation after uh, Omaretta told everybody that they weren't from Atlanta. I don't. I don't believe um, town reactions work. But okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm. Uh, I'm outside. The, I'm OTP. I'm outside the perimeter. I'm from like <laughs> the northern suburbs of Atlanta. I, I. I did live downtown for a while though. Okay. Uh, in kind of the Inman Park area. Okay. Okay. And then uh, the first, the, the initial question was going to be Ryan. What is your favorite dish to cook? Oh, he's just going out of order. He's just go- he went rogue. Yeah, I, I don't even know. Just went rogue. <laughs> just went rogue. He just went rogue. Legendary action. Yeah, apparently so. There we go. There we go. Yeah. If I'm being a technical, so now me and a me, so me and my wife Katie, she's the one missing from the podcast. Uh, we're both from the Gulf Coast. Uh, we mo- we do live in Atlanta now. Um, every July Fourth, I throw a huge crawfish boil. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Like just because most of my friends up here didn't know what a crawfish boil was, <laughs> <laughs> so now that's just a thing that I've started doing for the past like six years that I just have at my house and just like yeah, I show y'all how we throw down on the coast and just throw a big crawfish boil. So that is. Genuinely, every year, my favorite dish that I cook just because it's the biggest party we throw throughout the year. And not mad at it. I bring I bring my friends into my culture and just like 
because that's a big like Gulf Coast culture thing. Mm-hmm. It's just like gathering around a table, boiling some crawfish, dumping them Dump on them the table. Pot. Just everyone. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, I, I miss them. Um, I worked in Baton Rouge, Louisiana with Anthony for a few years. And uh, yeah, some of the nicest people I've ever met were from that area. Oh, yeah. And they invited us in and crawfish bowls was amazing. <laughs> Absolutely amazing. Yeah, Baton Rouge. That's uh that's in between my my neck of the woods. That's like that's I'm very familiar. Yeah, I grew up in Fort Pierce before moving out to Texas. So I I and then was back in Orlando for a couple. Of years. We've all bounced around. I think you guys did a stretch in Orlando as well, right? Arland and and crew. Me and Jamie yeah. did a stretch in Orlando. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So uh, I'll got a little bit of, of Florida experience or Gulf Coast experience here and there. So here and there somewhere. Cap, <laughs> what about you? Were you were you a Gulf Coast native or what was? The, I, I didn't hear an answer from your side. No, no, no. I, I was born in Atlanta, and uh, my parents are from New York and Jersey, so I, I'm I'm the northern blood in our group. Hey, dude, half <laughs> half of the people I grew up around in Florida were from New York and New Jersey, so that is oh, yeah, yeah. That's how yeah. it is. That's how it is. Yeah, yeah. My grandma lived in Florida. Yeah, so I was down there to see her all the time. Texas is getting the West Coast version of that right now. Like, like California has decided to move here, <laughs> um, and so what is happening is very similar to the the Southeast had the influx of, of uh, culture from the Northeast, Texas and, and Austin particularly is getting a lot of, of Californians uh, m- moving in. And it, it's not a bad thing at all, man. It's, it, I'm uh, okay with it, yeah. They're, they're a good fit for Austin, for sure. Yes. Uh, Anthony? Uh, let's see which question I want to do first. Uh, so the Creature of the Week, how does that differ, f- uh, doing that format differ from kind of um, other podcasts who kind of have like... Uh, like ceasing uh, stories that keep going or like how, like, yeah. Well, there's a click, click. Monster of the Week is a Powered by the Apocalypse game system, correct? Oh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. oh. It's a good question, though. Um, so one of the cool, there's like, Monster of the Week is a Powered by the Apocalypse game, the original game uh, okay. that what that spurred this uh, game type was called Apocalypse World, which uh, was a game about existing and surviving in the apocalypse. Uh, and so many, many other games at this point have just kind of taken the same philosophy and dice system uh, and then hacked it and reflavored it to their own purposes. Monor- Monster of the Week is one of the, is certainly one of the best, in my opinion, um, in that genre. Um, the strength of this system is that it's entirely narrative focused and each game uh, hones in on a specific focus uh like a specific type of um of genre or what have you and monster of the week of the week really hones in on the buffy the vampire slayer slash supernatural slash x files uh type of storytelling um and that's where the name obviously comes from like each episode traditionally in these tv shows is a different monster uh that only turns out to be wrapped up together by the end of the season um and as far as our gameplay goes uh, it's actually kind of interesting. It ends up being th- anywhere between three and like six episodes ends up being a monster just in uh, just the way we end up playing the game. Um, but it's it's interesting 
as a game runner, uh, rather than writing a D&D module or like having a dungeon the players need to get through or having a city they need to figure out the politics of or, you know, whatever, however you want to run your D&D game, um, it's so prep light. You make your monster, you come up with what the monster's weakness is, and the system even empowers the players to come up with their own characters and locations to try and trick the monster to go to. So the game ends up being very much about finding out what the monster is, finding out how to kill it, and then making a plan to kill it. And it's very improv uh, based. Ah, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Trials of the Apocalypse is another podcast um, that we actually had on earlier in the guest quest. Uh, Harlan, you were there for that. We've done a little bit uh, with them here and there. They they are um, almost all of their different game systems are powered by the Apocalypse games. It is probably, I would say, the most used rule agnostic system out there other you know what i mean like like you see there are a a bunch of uh different systems and a bunch of different actual plays that are spinning off of that system right now the adventure zone is playing a game that is based on i don't remember exact which power by the apocalypse but uh, adventure zone dust right now uh their little in between campaign in between the, their next big D campaign is a powered by the apocalypse game. Yeah, they're playing Urban Shadows, which is one of my is. another one of my favorite. It's very similar to Monster of the Week, but it's more politics driven, which is super cool. Yeah, faction driven. That was, uh, and they've done a kind of a spooky western with it. Uh, huge fan of that. Um, so, but, but speaking of setting, uh, before I kick it back over to Jazz, so what what made you guys? Obviously, you've all got so- southeastern roots. Um, is that what spurred the setting? What 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 is the what is kind of the origin story of y'all of y'all's cast and podcast? Um, rooted in Atlanta before somebody wandered off to the Austin of the the uh, central mid Atlantic area, aka Kentucky. Um, the uh, <laughs> <laughs> is that you guys all get together in Atlanta? Or walk me through kind of the history of the cast before you guys got up and running. Ryan, you want to field this one? Um, yeah, yeah. I guess I'll take that one. <laughs> I would have been so happy to be like, no, what the fuck? No, <laughs> yeah, no I'm good. <laughs> so. Like I said, me and my wife moved up here from uh, the Gulf Coast. Yeah, I'm I'm from all over, but you know I grew up in uh, Southeast Texas and the and South Mississippi all along the Gulf Coast, pretty much on I-10. <laughs> Anytime anyone asks me where I'm from, I say I-10. <laughs> that's a good answer. Yeah, that covers it. That's a long stretch. Yeah, that's a long stretch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But so I moved up here after my wife did. Um, and then Ian was one of the first friends that I met here in Atlanta. And yeah, just for years, me and him have been talking about doing a podcast. You know, we both played, like I said, we've played in a fantasy football league together for like, I think nine years now. Yeah, sounds about right. And so like, yeah, we were we were talking for a while, just like, do we want to f- play fantasy? F- do, do we want to do like fantasy football stuff or... But then we we all started getting into like tabletop games and like Ian moved away to Nashville and me and Cap were playing D&D together and then brought in Katie. So me, Cap and Katie were playing D&D together and Ian was playing D&D. So I was like, well, we could we could probably make that happen. Yeah. You know, we all we all kind of do it just like, you know, we can make some kind of tabletop thing happen. And Ian's the one that brought up to us Monster of the Week which we're big Adventure Zone fans, so we heard Amnesty, and we were like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm aware of Monster of the Week. I'll try it out. Like, uh, and, and then, you know, uh, honestly, our podcast started uh, when COVID hit, and a lot of us got laid off for a little bit. 
So we were all kind of sitting at home just like, well, uh, guess we'll do this thing. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect time. No, no, no time like the present. We've been talking about it for years. I guess we don't have much else to do. So uh, what's up, Ian? Let's have a phone call. Yeah, I, I knew Cap in high school. And so uh, it, we it was really cool to just reconnect with everybody because I we had never the four of us had never actually played tabletop games together until we started recording, which is super cool. No. Oh. And I had been sitting on the shrimp and crits name on social medias for since like 2010 <laughs> or 2012, because I knew it was golden, <laughs> but I did not know what to do with it. Credit where credit too. It is a great name. Yeah. It's a good name. A good name. <laughs> thank, you, thank you. Thank you. Which is hilarious. And I think it's something people don't understand is cap is the vegan of the group. <laughs> and he, and he did come up with, the name shrimp and crisp. <laughs> he knows a good slogan when he, when he sees it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You don't have to eat meat to know good branding, goddammit. Exactly. I'm a salesman, not a carnivore. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Did our vegan come up with the name also? <laughs> we have we do we have a vegan? We have a vegan? What are you talking about? Uh, all right. Never mind. <laughs> you don't even know us, do you? No, no, you don't no. even know us. <laughs> what, what, you don't even know us. Did you wander into the wrong room? What just happened? What? what? <laughs> Is Jess okay? Forget you guys. Vegan? Which one of us did you think was a vegan? Was it Anthony? Yeah, yeah me. But we'll we'll talk about we'll talk about we'll talk about it later. Okay. Oh, okay. All right. All right. All right. Unnecessary to explain now. <laughs> that was my question. That was it. I'm done. No, no, no. no. That doesn't count as your <laughs> No. No, no, no. Um, so what I was going to ask to Ian, actually, um, as I guess the, the producer slash game master, um, what has been your favorite moment within the podcast so far? If you can, I guess, do so without spoiling. That's that's a tough one. We we just released our 55th episode. So we've been doing it for uh, the same. We've been doing the same season for over two years now. Um, so it's tough to it's tough to not pick like. It's tough not pick like one of the major reveals that I had been building towards for literal years. Uh, you know, as a GM, that's it's hard to beat moments like that. Um, but ah, man, I don't know. That's that's really a we. So we had a moment. We had a moment. This is a little bit of a spoiler, but I don't think it's that that big. We had. It's, I won't tell you when in the season it was. We had a moment where uh, somebody, one of our other players, took over as the GM in our in our canon campaign. Okay, and uh, I the way we edited it is I ended up doubling the 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 first line of the new GM's um, you know intro line as myself, and then I faded them, I cross faded them into each other. So like to the listener, it was like a seamless transition. The new GM just kind of taking over. So that. That's got to be up there for sure. But, you know, with so many moments, it's tough to pick like a number one. Later, Jazz will ask you to pick your favorite pet and or child. So just be prepared for that. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's basically what he just had to ask the Dungeon Master to do. Oh, I've got it right right here. Child. (laughs) So so just real quick to clarify, Ian, are you also the producer and the Dungeon Master or just the Dungeon Master and somebody else does the production on, on the show? I do the editing and then uh, I do a lot of the music. Uh, Ryan helps me out there um, also. Cool. Are you guys- we're, we're- I've, made, I've made like two songs. <laughs> but they're two of the best songs. <laughs> they are. <laughs> cool. Harlan? Yeah, my questions are a lot uh, not relevant. <laughs> D&D, D&D related. 
they're relevant to the people, right? So, Ian, I saw on Twitter, <laughs> did you ever decide whether Cha Cha Slide was going to be the wedding song? Great question. Great question. <laughs> <laughs> I think after all my uh, research and toiling and uh, deep diving into the music video, uh, the fantastic music video of the uh, Cha Cha Slide, mm-hmm. uh, I walked out and my fiance had seen the notification, the push notification of me tweeting about it. And she was like, <laughs> she was like, absolutely not. <laughs> That's all she said to me. So I guess it's a no. <laughs> oh, look, look, here we go. So let's spitball some things. So I was thinking, listen, if you're going to do that, you either got your choice, but old school electric slide or the wobble. We, we, we've canceled our Kelly. So step in the name of love is gone. So let's not even think about that. <laughs> I would check either the wobble or the electric slot. Hey, man, my request was Pony by Genuine. So. <laughs> oh. I'm more of a Gangnam Style fan my, myself. That's the one that gets me going. Listen, you, you, you're not going to get uh, – yeah, exactly. You see Jazz doing it. Yeah. You can't uh, go wrong with that, honestly. Yeah, yeah. That, that is a party starter. <laughs> for sure, for sure, for sure. There, there's a room for every bad dance at every wedding. There is <laughs> – that is, that is the wedding wedding DJ staples. <laughs> I'm sure they'll work it in, even if we put it on the do not playlist. Yeah. <laughs> Anthony, you're up. All right. Um, because it's everywhere, all over your social medias, I have to ask, who is the Gator Man? <laughs> well, I don't know if we're supposed to say that. Damn it. <laughs> it's a spoiler for like episode three. Like, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, Ray is the Gator Man. Mm. I, uh, I play, I play the monstrous. Yeah. So, uh, Ray Ray turns into a wear gator. Mm. <laughs> oh, that is, that is his thing. He's actually more of a croc, but. But he is also more of a crocodile if you would pay attention to the shape of his snout. Oh. Uh, <laughs> that's funny. This is someone someone told you someone hit you up and said, That's not a gator. That is a now crocodile. <laughs> no, that's no, that's very much a me thing. Ah, yeah. Okay. It's his catch it's like his catchphrase. Every, everyone everyone in Golakochka knows him as the gator man and it pisses Ray Ray off because he's like, you know, if you <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> That, that is funny. We we don't all look alike. <laughs> <laughs> well, so the character runs a reptile retreat. Like so, so he like actually runs basically a giant retreat full of gators and crocs and like he is a reptile expert. Like it's like if Tiger King could transform into a tiger. Into a like tiger. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. and, he can't? Wait, that <laughs> all that van art totally lied then, those motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so his like cryptozoology name throughout town is the Gullicochiga Gator Man, <laughs> and it bothers the hell out of him because he's just like, I'm more of a crocodile. It's, you know, <laughs> I like it. We have one cast member that also has uh, lycanthropy, um, but it's where humanism. So he turns into a human uh, in times of stress. <laughs> And, uh, and trouble. A slightly cooler human. Brutal. Is the first thing too is <laughs> rough. <laughs> so. Listen, listen. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, hi there, Jeff. The the curse was the the, the curse of uh, lycanthropy was you know almost a blessing really, but just on the simple fact of the reaction 
from the person who tried to uh, screw me over with this curse to begin with. <laughs> <laughs> you were just supposed to get the bubble guts. You were just supposed to get the bubble guts. <laughs> That's what happens when you eat tainted flamingo meat, everybody. Watch out. Um, so, uh, uh, yeah, we, we had a whole swamp season. Uh, airboats were involved at some point. Uh, and and dick themed monks. So um, the uh, uh, it was a whole thing. It was a whole thing. Um, not not a spoiler there, but the four skeins were revealed to be um, a, uh, a a a real a bunch of killers. A bunch of killers. <laughs> I am so here for it. A bunch of ki- real, a real. They were hired to kill Moyle Mossberg. What other assassins would you hire than the four skeins? Yeah, <laughs> uh, it took so long for that joke to fucking pay off in the real podcast. It did. It did. It went and hit with all. Oh, so much so that I dumbed their names down to be like the tainted Tippy the Just, Plans uh, Majora, and oh God, what was the other one? Um, oh, Sh- Sahaft. Um, so half, so half. Because the guys didn't get four skeins, I was like, I will never make a subtle dick joke ever again. And because the four skeins <laughs> isn't that subtle, but you fuckers didn't get it. So, so Cap, uh, your bio says uh, your introduction to the world of kind of uh, the the TTRPG. Choose your own adventure books, reading them over and over, and see uh, to see all the different outcomes. Did you really read them over and over, or were you dog earing and flipping back? That. Now is the time that you can come clean. <laughs> I specifically remember the uh, Empire Strikes Back Star Wars Choose Your Own Adventure book, which I had. And pretty much every wrong turn, you'd get killed by the Wampa. <laughs> and I remember <laughs> just reading it over and over again. I, I read every outcome that could be possible in that book. <laughs> Did you ever read any of the um, like the 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 more uh, solo uh, TTRPG ones? I think they were like, what was it was it Lone Wolf? There were there were some that were a little bit more. Or, fantasy yeah no not even a more fantasy but actually closer to like you roll dice for him and shit oh no that sounds amazing oh, wow oh wow oh no i've never heard of that i want to write one of those <laughs> right <laughs> yeah yeah i'd say i've heard it I, like i've seen drist and shit but uh jazz ask your question while i do some googling uh damn it i wasn't done <laughs> googling my question hold on <laughs> Uh, nope, that's not the way this works. You're up. <laughs> all right, all right. So Ryan, mm-hmm. uh, reading your bio from the uh, from the from the podcast site uh, says you were a huge fan of Saturday morning cartoons because of a lack of cable, and so I was just wondering, is Ray Ray at all influenced by Leatherhead from Teen- Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Uh, Ray Ray is so incredibly <laughs> influenced by. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in general. <laughs> Just as a whole. Right, right. I see that. Okay. But he but he's also completely influenced by the 90s. Yeah. I play so I play Ray in a very I I stress to them when we first started, just like, yeah, I turn into a monster, but kind of when I turn into him, I'm like, I'm still just kind of a dude. <laughs> it's like, I definitely, I definitely don't play him in the stereotypical, like monstrous way to where you turn and then you're just, Oh, I'm, 
I've lost control. It's just like, yeah, no, man, this is just kind of something I do. <laughs> it's like I'm, I'm now really strong and also still want to play Nintendo 64. <laughs> yeah, um, a, a lot of the a lot of the times I will introduce the threat to the very dangerous and prescient threat to the world, and they'll be trying to like destroy this monster. But Ray Ray's like, oh, I gotta check on my buddy who works down the street at the gas station. You know, like, <laughs> like and it's simultaneously it infuriating and also just fucking hysterical i can't i can't i can't say no to it (laughs) i just i just don't like the yeah i don't know it's uh, i'm like you know it's lycanthropy and whatever but it's like uh, he he's still just like this is something he's known his entire life and we live in like the modern day so it's like yeah he doesn't like like ray doesn't eat raw meat unless he has to yeah (laughs) yeah unless he has to but he's still like he turns gay there's been a lot of moments where he like turns gator form and people like assume he's going to like eat something he's like well the hell are you talking about i want like a cheeseburger (laughs) it's like i i'm just kind of a guy man i just turn (laughs) into this big thing cheeseburger and onion rings you know you know (laughs) (laughs) got that uh sonic the hedgehog running around looking for chili dogs all day (laughs) type vibe going to him (laughs) pretty much yeah pretty much (laughs) just like uh, I'm like I was still raised in the modern day. I don't feel like anything <laughs> that still turned into a monster but was raised as a normal person these days would just be like, uh, I need raw meat. It's just like, no, I'm a dude. I want to eat what I want to eat, and I just <laughs> turn into this big, uh, very strong Noted. creature. Nothing wrong with that. All right. So I got something for Cap. I saw that you said you like to play absurd characters. What is your craziest character you think you've played? Or you got to have one that you was like, this was out of control. What was I thinking? <laughs> I mean, I think Ruben, right, Ian? That was pretty absurd. I've, I have I play this uh, raccoon in one of our one shots uh, from yeah. New York. And he's, he's, he's a curmudgeon. He's, he's, a, he's a rascally raccoon. And he's, he was just a joy to play. His name was Ruben because all raccoons are named after uh, their favorite food. Obviously, ooh, good Ruben is. Eh, I'm not a fan of. I'm not a fan of Rubens. But <laughs> but I've played like I've played <laughs> crazy goblins in D and D, and like with the new warlocks, you can. I made a character that was a rabbit in a hat in D and D, which is just like rules is written now with the genie warlock. <laughs> <laughs> it was the, the, ge- the genie warlock. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And you can play a small Harangon genie warlock. It's like the new stuff D and D has given me has really let me blossom as a character creator. Oh, no. You got, you got to see Cap's Pinterest. He has a Pinterest board for each character idea he has, and there's like a there's not a hundred, but there's like forty different ideas, and they're all pretty wacky. <laughs> I make characters like, a lot. No one yeah. has more great character ideas than Cap. Oh, thank you. Just sitting around. Yeah, I was I was about to say I've I've played D and D with Cap for like eight years now. Just like on outside a podcast, just like we we have like a D and D campaign we played for a very long time, and just like yeah, I've I've witnessed a lot of ridiculous cap characters that are just. Wait, do you have a favorite <laughs> character of his? Do you have a favorite character that he's played? Now Ryan and I got married in a D and D game one time. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say me and Cap got married in what and he married my favorite D and D character of all time, <laughs> which was a uh, Tabertha Morrow which is a a very uh open-minded tiefling <laughs> woman okay all right and i was a a very curmudgeon dwarven 
forge cleric. So it was a, a cleric and a tiefling marriage. It was tale as old as time. Goddamn forge clerics are broken. Oh, I love forge clerics. And they were beautiful. <laughs> so, Anthony. So for me, I want to ask like, so with creating or each session being kind of around, um, this monster like how are you coming up with that like is that are you getting character monsters mostly from media and then turning them into uh putting them in the system or are you just making up like you know what i'm just gonna put a duck bill on uh, a <laughs> shark <laughs> and let's let's see what happens <laughs> i'd say a little column a and a little column b there for sure um Bill that was a very yeah. funny comment for our show yeah yeah absolutely definitely definitely yeah, on the nose even not knowing what you're referencing there but um <laughs> no i will and i i hate to continue to harp on um like the differences between D and monster of the week but like one one of my favorite dif- you know, there's a lot of uh things i like about the differences but like one of my favorite differences is like Whereas in D&D, a lot of the times you're looking for a monster you like out of the handbook or whatever, you know, of course you can make your own stat blocks or whatever, but Monster of the Week really emphasize coming up with your own ideas and it gives you, um, it provides you with the building blocks to easily generate your monster, um, sometimes on the fly even. Um, but yeah, I I am big on local folklore um, and finding stuff to play off of, like... Um, I use I've used lots of Florida cryptids like the Mayaka Swamp Ape um, is one of my favorites, um, you know, things like that. And like e- even like like they go to Tallahassee in a couple of different arcs. And um, I looked into like really specific stuff like uh, they go to a tomb that's an actual tomb of an architect and they find his his ghost like it's a headless ghost. And it doesn't I don't even really explain it, but like it's just little pieces of like real folklore that I'm taking and implementing but i i also like to do uh like takes off of classics like we have vampires but i kind of have my own spin on you know the what makes them tick and uh things like that that's cool hey hey, look that still takes some creativity uh not all local folklore is a real banger in round rock we have the legend of the hairy man (laughs) not not a sasquatch (laughs) not a bigfoot just a hairy dude Harry man, there's a Harry man road. Oh man, we have uh, the Harry man festival uh, every year based on the legend of the <laughs> Harry man. <laughs> now I want to run. I want to run a monster of the week game with the uh, with the Harry man as the monster. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say that sounds like our show. I, I will send you some details, <laughs> sir, because it just <laughs> was he a Sasquatch? No, he was just a dude. He was just... he's just Italian. No, no, nah, just a guy. He's extra hairy. It's a real hairy dude. <laughs> Should have seen this guy. <laughs> Which is the opposite of Austin because we've got that one guy who is almost completely hairless and riding around on a bike and a thong. So <laughs> he's not a cryptid. He exists. I've seen him. <laughs> he exists. I've seen him. There, there was a tweet earlier today I saw that actually was like every every city has that guy that you uh, you have a friend in town and you see him and they're like who is that and you just say oh 
that's the uh you know that's the top hat on a horse guy you know like and it's just like that's all you say about it like okay but you gotta respect the dude that's got the uh, uh the, the stamina to ride around in a thong on a bike oh, all the, all the time oh, in dang. Texas nothing but respect because just the chafing alone <laughs> uh it requires a, a, a level of fortitude that I don't think any of us have. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think he takes like advertising slots? Can we get a bumper sticker on him? <laughs> <laughs> well, can he advertise for our show? You could get a probably you could probably send him a banana hammock, and I am sure he would rock a shrimp and crits banana hammock. Right? I mean, shrimp <laughs> banana hammock. <laughs> uh, oh no! <laughs> it works. It works. Are we calling it a shrimp sling instead of a banana hammock? It would. Uh, there you go. <laughs> oh, no. No one's, no one's calling it the shrimp sling. <laughs> the prawn pocket. <laughs> there you go. The prawn pocket. Yeah, we prefer prawns on this, <laughs> on this show. <laughs> oh, very nice. We got an oh no in the chat. I feel like that's a success. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so what g- diving a little bit more into the system because it's absolutely okay you know one of the, th- the the cool things about um uh having uh, uh other shows come on is very specifically to talk about the differences between D D. uh jazz and anthony have been playing for for a while um but harlan's relatively new to ttrpgs and it's always <laughs> um and uh, uh yeah cool to introduce him to stuff that he'll never play correctly um so <laughs> With with the powered by the apocalypse, and I think you t- you talked a little hinted at this, but it's it tends to be a little bit more narrative driven, a little bit more um, uh, RP and or um, improv uh, heavy. Is that is that true with Monster of the Week? I've actually got Monster. I I picked up Monster of the Week and the the spinoff sort not the the other source book for it because um, there is the Tome of Mysteries. Yeah, there we go, Tome of Mysteries. I accidentally bought. The Tome of Mysteries on accident, and I was like, "Oh, now I got to buy Monster of the Week uh, and uh, figure out exactly what this is for." <laughs> just in just in picking up systems that we may play at some point during an interlude or during a uh, short break in between campaign seasons. Um, it, uh, you know, look as somebody who grew up in uh, the late '80s and was in high school in the '90s, the Monster of the Week format was a mainstay of all the TV that I watched. So I have a lot of love for it, but. Um, uh, b- back back to the system. Is it a little bit more improv rules light, or um, is it just not as like it's got a pretty pretty well defined rule set, but it's just not numerically stat heavy. It's it's super it's super improv based. The rules <clears throat> I probably run it a little bit more, um, you know, like pl- I guess plot driven than a lot of purists would uh, would would prefer. But uh, the rule book states multiple times that like you should not be planning the course of events you should plan your monster plan a few locations they call uh npcs bystanders um <laughs> which is yeah funny uh it, like plan just a few things and then just be ready to improv pretty much everything else and let your players really dictate how things go which which I try to do, but we're also like telling a trying to tell like a audio drama esque story so you know, got to move things along sometimes. But th- that's the other thing um, that Monster of the Week gives keepers. That's what they call the GMs. Ke- they call us keepers. Um, the, they give you what's called the countdown. And it's the six steps on the countdown are day, shadows, sunset, dusk, nightfall, midnight. And those are like 
those are each ah. events and they're not literally those times of day. It's just uh, um, increasingly bad events and true to the form of like, you know, my favorite monster of the week show is Buffy the Vampire Slayer. The midnight on your countdown should be like the world fucking ends because your hunters didn't do enough about it. So it's like the first one might be like some dude dies and the second one might be like, oh, it gets into the church and slaughters a bunch of people, you know, and like they just get increasingly what, you know, like, uh, yeah, it's like, um, it's, it's the tool that gives the, the, the b- rules give the keeper to move things along. I think something important that differentiates it from D and D is that when you succeed on a roll, things happen, but when you fail on a roll, it pushes the story further. Yeah. In a much different way than D and D. Things happen when you fail. There's consequences every time, depending on what move you use. Shit goes down. Shit goes bad. Yes, things go to hell. Often it says when you fail a roll. So it really helps the narrative progress forward, even if you fail. Unlike in D and D, where if you miss your attack, you just have to wait till your next turn. You know, this just really pushes the narrative, whether you fail or not. Well, and not even if you fail. It's like um, if, like, well, because you have, you know. So you do you use two d six? It's a two d six base system. Uh, so under seven is a failure. From seven to nine is a mixed success, and then ten plus is a full success. Uh, but even like just in your basic like attack setting, it's like if you get a mixed success, it's like something bad is still going to happen to you. But you succeed. You succeed, but, yeah. It's just you're, it's just you're still going to succeed. It's a yes and. Right. And then... <clears throat> and there's only... Well, and even if you get a... And even if you get a complete success, so when you get a complete success on things, like, depending on what you're doing, it has, like, options on, like, okay, you can have an extra option. Like, if you roll a 12 and you don't pick the right option, you could still get hit. <laughs> well, no, and I think, you know, that's one thing, and, and this th- this may be true of all Power by the Apocalypse games, but it's one of the things that, as I've gotten uh, exposed to it a little bit more, that I like more than other traditional dice pool games with mixed success is, yeah, it's improv heavy, but it does set some boundaries for what that mixed success is and what that, you know what I mean? It's like, hey, pick yeah. two. Right. Like, I, I, and, you know, just listening to, and, you know, again, obviously Adventure Zone's kind of the big one out there. But I think that's, I, I am not generally a huge fan of dice pool games. I do like the, the, the concept of a mixed success. Um, and, and, you know, I think most, oh, well, not most, I think a lot of D&D podcasts out there do a sliding scale of some kind or another, just because it's ultimately more narratively interesting than a true, true pass fail. But um, the uh, one of the things that I liked about the 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 way that the power of the apocalypse has been representative, it's not just oh that's a mixed success. Figure out what that means. It does give you some boundaries for that. And there are only five stats in the game, and the highest you can have is plus three. So it's pretty math light as well. Not a lot of big numbers. So it, it is. It's a lot less. Yeah. Oh, and I don't I don't know if Ian mentioned this or not. Um, he rolls no dice. Oh yeah, that's. That's what I like. I don't have to roll anything. And which is which is the biggest which is the biggest the biggest difference is the the keeper rolls no dice. I'll summarize I'll summarize how that works. And that I mean that is the the engine of powered by the apocalypse. Even if you make a powered by the apocalypse game that doesn't use the 2d6 dice system, 
the the engine of the game is called the conversation, which is literally just that. Player says, I want to do this. Keeper says, okay, no, roll this. And then the keeper has keeper moves. And that's that's how the GM uh, does stuff in this world. You can use uh, you can sometimes use a soft move or a hard move. A hard move can't be prevented. A soft move can, you know, whatever. So like your your moves are always a response to what the player's actions are. So everything becomes actionable. There's no there's no such thing as oh I miss so uh, bummer. It's it's like oh you miss so I'm gonna have the monster show up out of nowhere and take your best friend into the shadows like that you know that kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing personal, kid. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing per- right. <laughs> All right, guys, we are. Getting towards the last 10 minutes. So chat, if you have any questions, um, yeah, Brenda Wood Bay, um, Wendell, that is uh, Wendell, Anthony's brother, is a Powered by the Apocalypse system or or Powered by Apocalypse, Jason. But one thing you'll hear across moves is the kind of the terminology for the um, activity sets that the players and the different kind of classes and the game master have in that system. Um, and uh, yeah, it's it's... It, th- that's kind of the through line on the terminology that you're here. All right. So we're getting to the last 10 minutes of chat. If you have any questions that you haven't asked, let's get them in there now. Cast lightning round, move quick, no follow-ups. Jazz, you're up. Go. Boom. Um, so uh, the non-represented or the currently unrepresented uh, cast member, Katie, um, what has been, I guess, every, or uh, we'll go to Cap. Cap, what has been your favorite part of her uh, c- contribution to the cast as far as like a play style oh and or like moment in the uh, show? Katie's fucking hilarious. She really is the heart of our whole show. I mean, she really does keep us laughing, laughing the whole time. And her character that she plays, Sarah, is when we started the show, she was the mundane, which is a playbook. So she was very much the human element to the show and kind of the... um avatar for the listeners in a sense being a normal human with this crazy world starting around you with monsters and villains and all that so she really did help keep the show grounded now it's all over the fucking place our show's wacky (laughs) 50 episodes in but uh, she really has helped keep us all together and really her character has helped to make a family out of our characters which is something very important to the show I think agreed Katie's fucking bonkers and i love her so much yeah <laughs> she's the wild card of our group for yeah. sure she's my wife so i don't know <laughs> <how much> I <laughs> can... <laughs> That's, that is very specifically why i didn't add. <laughs> she is she is my wife and the mother of my child so i uh owe plenty to her <laughs> she's terrible and... <laughs> yeah, she's also like me with a very light twitter uh presence very light twitter <laughs> well, let- oh same man yeah i i just have twitter to follow football stuff i, <laughs> I need to get better about it but i just can't <laughs> let me just add about katie that i admire the shit out of katie because uh, we literally found out while recording that they that they were that they were pregnant together and Katie recorded all the time while exhausted and and you know ill from being pregnant. So like she is just so badass for sticking it out through that. Like up until baby time, we were doing episodes <laughs> and delivering. And her her scenes are so good, even yeah, in the worst of absolutely. it. So. And so she has a creative writing background. Is she the only one with a creative writing background? Uh, 
I think so. I believe so. Yeah, she has a English degree and a Shakespeare and a Shakespearean <laughs> minor, which yeah. is kind of funny because she's wow. she is actually the one that knows less about Shakespeare. <laughs> Between these, between there's a lot of Shakespeare influence in our show. That's funny. And Katie had nothing to do with it. Is that your question, Harley? Nice, Anthony. Nice. I guess that would be my question because I had a longer question. There was like three. There was like three of them. Yeah. No. It's like I was like, hey, I cyber stalked your last cast member. This is what I found. (laughs) (laughs) Who does the? There's hey, bro, that's my wife. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's lots of uh, art on your Instagram. Who does who does your art? Oh, really cool. Uh, oh, big shout out to our great friend Davin Gerber. Like he's the best. We've begged him. We've begged him to take our money, and he he he. It's he calls it fan art. I'm like, I mean, you're basically <laughs> our in-house artist. <laughs> you're, it's not. Yeah, it's not fan art. We have a partnership with you now at this point. Yeah, he's awesome. It's nice. Like, well, and there's there's plenty of others that send in art as well. Yeah, we get a lot of fan art. Cool brag, Cap. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a humble brag. They just love us so mm. much. The <laughs> fingers just go to the tablet. Yeah, that way to way to let our patrons know that they're letting us down. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, dude, our patrons are the shit. No, no, no. It's okay, oh. Lee. I know Lee. You're not here, but one did make and send jazz a spell book, so that is true. That's gorgeous. Oh, that's gorgeous. Holy shit. That was really nice. Oh, that's this is dope. this thing is fucking insane. I love it so much. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 huge fan art. That's physical. I love that. <laughs> I, I was I'm afraid to write in it because I feel like I'm gonna put the wrong thing, <laughs> but like I, when I finally decide what to put in there, I'm going to let him know. <laughs> yeah, that's sick. I was just stoked that someone sent us like a dang beanie. <laughs> Which is cool. <laughs> oh, yeah, I saw the picture of that. I thought that was hilarious. I was like, oh, my God. Dang, dang is Ray Ray's catchphrase, so I reluctantly gave the beanie to Ryan. <laughs> my, ba- my bald head misses it, though. <laughs> we have a hardcore knitter patron, and if you guys, I'm sure... That's awesome. I've got her, her, her Twitter name now. Uh, I don't think she watches the streams, but she'll hear it on the podcast when this gets broadcast. Uh, she changed it to... Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull it up right now. I give her the patron shout-out on this one because this I have to read this every time I thank our patrons during the episode is cast on 96 K one P one for 24 rounds K for 28 rounds K six K two tog continue descending until end B O now Eldrin has a knitting spell is her, <laughs> it's her Twitter. Jeez. And I went, God damn it. How many, I, she also, how many followers does she have? I'm so intrigued. <laughs> this is such an important question. Not Twitter, Patreon, Patreon, uh, Patreon. Yeah, yeah. I don't. Uh, oh, gotcha, oh, gotcha. Patreon. Okay, I was, I was about to say that's that seems like a real hard Twitter to find. <laughs> <laughs> She's been uh, on board as our 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 knitting uh, our knitting fan because uh, one of our. Um, the guy, the cast killed an old lady early on in the series. As you do. <laughs> <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa! One person did. Really, Todd really and yeah. Baba killed an old lady. Listen, 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 <laughs> listen. I was broke, broken to her house, murdered an old woman, and stole her knitting needles. 
not her house. <laughs> okay, she was in somebody else's house, <laughs> and Todd and Baba killed her. <laughs> Damn, <laughs> she was imprisoned in somebody else's house. I guess that. <laughs> Your Honor, I didn't even know that old woman. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, all right, gang. We are uh, we are up at our full hour. So now is the time of the show when the uh, shrimp and crits people get to turn around and ask a question of the cast that they have to answer. Uh, and you know what? Since there's three of them, since three of them were kind enough to show up, they each get a question apiece if they should show choose. So Ian, we'll uh, we'll work left to right here. Ian, uh, if uh, what what's your question for the cast? Uh, uh, you can also take the dodge action. Uh, dodge. There we go. There dodge we go. action. Come back to me. <laughs> Ryan, what you got? Oh, man. Well, now I've just vibed with you, dude, so much that I don't know if I want to ask about. I mean, you guys didn't write down a list of questions before coming out. Start with Cap. Start with Cap. He's got questions. Start with Cap, because I don't know if I want to ask. I, I could give you each one of my questions. I don't know if I want to ask game <laughs> stuff or sports stuff at this rate, because I just. <laughs> Whatever. It's all fair game. Either's good. It's all fair game, and it's all fair game. Cap, you start off, sir. What is the meanest trap or puzzle that you've gone up against as players? I'm new. So it would be something, it would be something that, um, <laughs> that. Turner gave us. Uh, I don't. <laughs> oh man, what was that place that we went? It was early on, and it was that totem. You drew this nice map. Oh, the totem, the field, the fields of madness. Fields of madness was a lot of fun. Uh, I had mm. a lot of fun in that place, and I, I, I thought we were going to see it again, and we, we haven't seen it since then. Oh, but man. that whole encounter that we had um, was fun for me. That, that's yeah. So if you go back to the uh, April Fool's issue of Dragon Magazine from the mid '90s, there is a bag of beans in there <laughs> that has a single bean for every uh, percentile. Okay. Uh, back in probably 1996, my high school group that became my college group uh, played a game, and we had a guy who was going to fucking sit there and plant every single bean till that bag was empty. Um, and I drew a map of the field of madness that was created from that and then tucked it away into a folder and then 20 years later when i had a DD podcast ran the guys through it and i love it uh it <laughs> screwed 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 them all up pretty good <laughs> screwed them all up done good i had fun jazz um wait what do you mean jazz if it doesn't involve if it doesn't involve a window i'm deeply disappointed <laughs> that that i don't think that was the trap um <laughs> and and yet you fell for it <laughs> um, so let's see uh having to climb the wall to get into Taliesin. <laughs> so um I, I forget where we are in the podcast at that point but um there's a there's a city of heroes that you have to like gaining entry into the city is a test and um my character in the podcast is a wizard and so you know not known for at their athletic prowess we stopped and put together a whole convoluted plan on how we were going to get in actually we put together several convoluted plans on how we were going to get in some of them were probably going to be easy and yet mm -hmm. somehow or another it all resorted into hey let's just climb up the fucking wall with a rope and then of course my wizard <laughs> fails um, and then I fell multiple times, multiple times, and then fell <laughs> almost to my death while listening to the rest of my uh, uh, par party members debate whether or not they should cast a spell to save my life. You are underselling how terrible it is. 
Um, <laughs> the, the there were four plans, each one of them that was abandoned as it was starting to succeed before the decision to make the rogue climb up the wall was reached. Who then somebody followed him up there. <laughs> And then peer pressure kicked in, and eventually the wizard was bullied into climbing up, started to fall, and then the argument was about a free charge of Featherfall. Not a spell slot, <laughs> a free charge of Featherfall, and whether or not they should let fate fall the 80 feet uh, to do it. So his uh, Jazz's answer is the gym, the rope and gym class. <laughs> Anthony? So I've had this puzzle twice. Turner did it. And it was hilarious. My brother did it. It was very scary. Uh, <laughs> Different vibes. It's yeah, it's it's the puzzle where there's essentially a button in the middle of a room. Love it already. And pressing the button. Yeah, the pressing the button causes a countdown. Um, and everybody's basically it boils down to everyone's scared to hold the button but that's like actually how you get out of it is holding the button for the entire countdown but everybody Perfect. just keeps letting go and it's like no <laughs> um and so yeah that that puzzle gets me every time it's it's hilarious to just watch everybody panic it's like no should we hold a button it's counting down no don't do that <laughs> so, yeah, that's, that's how threateningly <laughs> can i count to 10 the puzzle and it is uh, yes. it is a delight for, for every campaign uh all right back around ian ryan you guys want to tap out or we are you you, you want to ask i gave you time what do you got i got one um and we can maybe ryan can end on the cool on the fun sports question um i oh well, i had games questions but i'll end on sports that's fine i can roll with whatever you go ahead yeah, whatever you want to do uh what i'm a big world building guy uh are you guys in a homebrew world for your show and what's your favorite bit of like what's your favorite what, what do you think is like the most interesting cool little tidbit about your about the world you play in um, I, I don't know. I like the, the thing recently. I think it's in there. Is the, is the one piece thing out? Yeah. Yeah, right. yeah. 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 Well, no, it's not out, but it is. Everybody knows the next episode is you got fighting the characters from one piece. Yes. Uh, him, him adding, him adding Whoa, them to the world that's great. because we argue in our chat about how great the show is, <laughs> was probably one of the best things that could have happened. Cause I'm a huge <laughs> fan of it. And everyone else is hating haters. So no, it's most, it's mostly just me. <laughs> I don't argue about it being great or not. I argue I'm not watching it regardless of whether <laughs> it's great. Or not. <laughs> the guy sailed into the Gozerian shores and were told to not think of anything lest it might show up and kill them. And then some people failed uh, Our Anthony, the least fan of it, uh, failed their saving throws. This was preceded by a month of me mining them to talk about one piece in the pre-show chat that we record for the patrons <laughs> so I could drop a fuck you fuckers at the end of the episode. They're coming to kill you. So, uh, <laughs> jazz. Um, so I would, I would have to say that my favorite bit, um, well, uh, not bit. I think Turner does a good job with world building and he puts interesting, uh, NPCs around us and, you know, or all, all the time. Um, and so I, I, took one of them and ran with it and ended up doing a side um, side series that ended up it was supposed to be a one shot. It ended up turning into like a four or five shot. I actually ended up cutting it an episode short. Sorry, Turner. Um, <laughs> mm. uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, so that was, uh, that was fun. It ended up uh, having some, uh, not so much effects, but uh, I, I felt like I had a good time flushing out some of the backstory of what ended up happening for our 
for our general adventure and then what also is set up like i think he set up as a really interesting story beat to me that i was like i want to go see what all that's about and so that was that was great with the um oh my god i'm blanking on her name now help me turner galatea um galatea so uh so yes we are in a homebrew world i'll flush it out uh the the answer to that particular question when anthony answers his bit okay thanks because i was about to say i think you're gonna explain nope nope, i'm not gonna do it explain part of mine okay Uh, yeah, my one of my favorite things is that the world itself is based on America, like and like or the, our world. And since and so like it's cool to like hear things that and you're like trying to figure out like hey, where is that? So like uh, Eldrin being from Dak, which is the Dakotas, right? Like and just those those type of tidbits and trying to figure out like okay, where is that place? Where is that on the map? Like and trying like having this oh, real world cool. analogous to uh to what's going on in our world and trying to figure out like how that correlates to uh, where he pulled it from is, is really cool to me. Yeah. So uh, it's, it's called uh, Arnosia, which is the, uh, the land of radiant seas, which is uh, Arnosia is a bastardization of the Latin of, of light sea or glowing sea. Um, and it, uh, it, it's original thesis was, let's say right after the continents separate into Pangaea, a massive mag- magical crystalline structure crashes into the Atlantic ocean approximately where Atlantis typically is on the maps, and that causes a wave of magical evolution, which causes all the D&D shit to evolve in our world in real time. Um, I did it for a couple of reasons. Number one, I suck at drawing maps, uh, and it's sure as fuck easier to use a U.S. map when I need to. Uh, two, with, with a couple of newer players, <laughs> it's easier to kind of nail the spatial relationships. Like, hey, you guys got to go fucking climb over the Misty Mountains. Uh, it's not that big. But from Chicago to Colorado, they've got a grasp for how far that they're going. You know what I mean? Um, and so uh, be, just being good at bastardizing real world names um, and then uh, being a fan of if you say anything backward, it sounds like a fantasy name. Um, <laughs> then uh, then uh, we just kind of kind of ran with it from there. So um, we also do I mean, our, our you know, our show is definitely a D&D podcast, definitely more comedically oriented, but is is satirically political and and you know our big bad is the god of lawyers um <laughs> who uh the uh, because the uh, <laughs> giant crystals where the gods live they're influenced by the faith of the the populace uh and the god of justice uh, didn't want to be the god of justice anymore so he figured a way to run a ad campaign that would allow him to morph into the god of lawyers and then hijinks ensue from there so sounds uh, sounds about right <laughs> yeah like i said it's, it's not Super political, but it's political show. Uh, you know what I mean? I, 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 Jonathan Swift, I am not, uh, but there, there's more than a little satire in there. But we, but we have a good time with it, and it does make um, kind of the, the, the navigating it a little bit easier. So I love that. Thank you. Cool. Ryan, you want to close out the, uh, the show with the question? Yep. Yep. I got it. Uh, so I'll, I'll be professional here. Just go with games. No, 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 don't. Don't. <laughs> oh, no, I have a, no, I'm going to, I'm going to cheat a little bit. Uh, because I will ask everyone, anyone who's played uh, multiple characters, just what is your favorite class to play in D&D? And I will also cheat and put on the added bonus. Uh, if you would like to tell me how you feel about your current <laughs> NFL team's quarterback situation, you could add that on to the end of it. <laughs> I'll go first. Because um, I am very curious. I'll go first. I'll go first. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I only play rogues in every game. I'm 
We can just get that out the way. We can get that out the way. If, it, if it's a game and it involves backstabbing, <laughs> killing, I was a rogue in World of Warcraft. I was a rogue here. I played the Hunter Destiny. That's just the game type I like. I like to get in there and get it and just get in and fight. I'm not too much of a tanker. <laughs> and uh, uh daniel jones um yeah how you feel about daniel jones that was my biggest question yeah, to you. so <laughs> I, yeah I, I like his talent i think he's got talent but i don't think he's smart right <laughs> so, so his lack of intelligence means he does dumb moves so we can't even showcase his his athletic ability because he's making the wrong move he should stay in the pocket and throw, but he tries to run because that's the wrong move. And then he can't slide because he doesn't know what decision to make. So he does this like half slide, half uh, scramble, half dive, and he gets injured because he's not bright. And there we go. Is, is anybody else seeing a parallel between Daniel Jones and Todd? What? I feel <laughs> I, I won't hold this up too much, but I do feel like Daniel Jones is like if Matt Ryan was like, you know what? I'm not going to throw. I'm going to run this ball, but he's fast. I'm about to run. I'm about to run this ball. As a Cowboys fan whose quarterback goes into stealth, uh, two or three episodes at the beginning of each season, uh, Dak may not be a rogue, but he certainly disappears like one. Jazz, your question. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Man, that hurt. Um, <laughs> I so, know. I'm a fan too, damn it. I care about the team. Hey, hey bro, before, before you start, I want to stress I'm a Mississippi State fan. Oh, so, so you, you got that. I, you like that. And I, and, <laughs> okay. well, and I hate the Cowboys. So the year that Dak got drafted, my heart just got crushed a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> just, oh, I hate Dak now. okay so um i would say prior prior to this podcast would give me the loot i would say my favorite class was probably monk but honestly i think i'm coming around on wizard which is nuts to me you i love wizards I, I I don't know something about the versatility and the the damage output. I don't know. This, it's just fun. Although the fearing for my life at every moment is not cool. Because um, <laughs> I, I, didn't I get one shot by you, uh, you Harlan? In the you uh, in the yeah, you yeah, took one yeah. Hit. so like. Like we started a fight. Unfortunately, I got stuck sta- starting the fight off standing right next to him, and lost the initiative and to <laughs> die. That was it. <laughs> that was it. It was game over right there. So yeah, no. Uh, but that also like keeps me constantly invested because my character is always on the brink of death. There's no like I don't have that cushion of like I can take a couple hits. No, that first hit will probably kill me. So there's I'm always high adrenaline and fearing for my life. That's fun. Anthony, you want to uh, close us out? Oh, uh, he wasn't gonna answer the quarterback question. Oh, this is Dak Prescott. You just got the same. Yeah. Thing. Oh, Dak's top ten. Get out of here. Right, delusions aside, moving on. Anthony, <laughs> he might he might be nine or ten, but he's top ten. <laughs> <laughs> my uh, favorite class, I think, is actually Paladin. Like that's that's I like that one. Yeah, it's a good answer. Solid. <laughs> what was that from Ireland? Oh my god! I absolutely hate Paladin. <laughs> I absolutely hate them in all games. <laughs> that that's because you haven't played one in D anD. d It's fun. That is that is true. You're thinking Wrath of the Lich King Pallies from WoW PvP, and I feel you. Red Paladins will always hold a little bit of ire in my heart. I will I will tell you right now. 
They just seem like they can do everything. <laughs> oh yeah, they can. They can. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. They, they can do everything. It's like, oh no, let me make a character. Let me make Superman as a a role play thing. I can heal. I can tank. I can pretty much do anything I want. I throw spells at you. I can. Da- I, I can damage DPS. Yep. I can damage. I can do every single thing. I absolutely hate paladins in all games. <laughs> and, and ultimately they can dance if they want to okay all right so we're gonna wrap it up on that on that note folks uh thank you shrimp and crit so much for coming by and being game and being a great interview thank you for having us hey guys it was awesome hanging happy to be here yep. thank you so much uh gang we will uh we'll, we'll put, throw uh links up to the uh to their show in the discord and in the uh, in the chat Thanks, everybody. Hope you enjoyed the stream. Make stream and uh, 